The following is a Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to the Power Cap Podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. It's the Power Cap Podcast. And now, let's go to the Spirit Street Studios. Here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. And here we go with another edition of the Power Cat Podcast. The boys are back from extended date. I said date. I, I trip to Texas. It was like a mandate. We did Brett, man- Brett Regan and I had a hell of a one to Texas. We did, we did we, some mandates to Top Golf. Did Top Golf ate a mediocre burger at my recommendation? Yeah. I would say it was good. It it's just kind wasn't. of an environment. You built thing. it up a little bit. I didn't build it up. I just said it's, I enjoy going there. You built I, it up. I, th- I think it's a cool place. I would I would agree it's probably a nice place to drink. It's like if So Long Saloon and Annie Mae's Parlor had sex and had a bar baby. You only say it's like So Long because there's some skeletons on the wall. <laughs> That's it's, the only thing So Long it's about a little it. More, and it's a burger place. It's a little more hellish than Annie Mae's, I would say. It's pretty spooky, man. <laughs> I, I mean, they've got a big old 666 sign on the wall. I mean, it's like, come Did on. Is it really? Yeah, yes. like, a, like a state highway. The bathroom's all graffitied. Like, eh. See, like, I think they're taking it even farther since like, I've been there. I've been there a couple of years. Uh, what's the name of it? Casino del Camino. Casino El Camino. El yeah. Camino. Very good. There it is. It's on Sixth Street. If you want a uh, atmosphere burger, or if you want to, spin. welcome back, you yeah. guys. Thanks. Uh, you Come brought up. back a couple wins with you, like you put it in your. What well, the the team did? Let's specify that. I think you contributed by uh, kicking ass with coverage. Oh, and fair enough. Your coverage was very good. If you're not a subscriber to GoParacat.com. Ooh, you're missing out on a lot of great content. And if you're not, there's a lot of free content. It's a different idea than what's been done around these parts lately. So we uh, put out a lot of free content, but there's also some incredible VIP subscription content that go together like hand and glove. Not the OJ version, mind you, just a regular hand and glove. (laughs) But it is killer content. So we're just going to go right there with that metaphor. Wow. Right there. (laughs) This is the PowerCat Podcast brought to you by GoPowerCat.com and sponsored by The Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Get into the fridge. You're coming to town Saturday. I know you are. It's a huge game. 12,528 are. You know, it's going to be like 15 degrees or something with snow on the ground. I have one word of advice to serious K-State fans. Tailgate. Stop by the fridge, get your alcohol, and tailgate to get ready for that 3 p.m. contest. What's Iowa State ranked? Put me on the spot. 20-something. That's fine. That's good. 20-something Iowa State and uh, teen-something Kansas State. Boy, we're full of information. Right there in Bramlage Coliseum. Guys, as big a game in Bramlage that doesn't have KU in front of it in a long time. Agreed? Yeah. Man, yeah. you get to 10-2 and two in the conference with six to go and a two-game lead in the loss column. I know. Yeah, we'll probably get into it, but I think they get a trophy if they win on Saturday. I would agree. They'd have to absolutely collapse, especially since the next two games are at West Virginia and playing host to Oklahoma State. Those are ripe for the picking there, Zach. I didn't say who we are. Tim Fitzgerald, Riley Gates, Zach Carlson. Oh, that's the okay. Oh. Like we don't do this every week. Well, I forgot the lower third. We have uh, <laughs> we have new listeners all the time. 
They Fair come enough. for one session and go, wow, that was weird. Not host guys. Always off topic. Fair enough. Which that alone was off topic. Meta. Ironic. Here we go. It's your questions from Wabash Station. Our first half of the podcast is sponsored by Tanner's. You know, maybe you're coming. The game sold out, basically. And you can't get a ticket, but you want to be in town for the, the game. Go to Tanner's. Get a bar stool. Sit down and watch. Get a great drink. All their alcohols from the fridge. Why don't you get your alcohol from the same place? Questions from Wabash Station. Zach Carlson. From AZCAT05, how big of an impact is Cardiagiata's injury to this team's chances to win the Big 12? You just lost your best reserve. And, and a guy that enables you to swing different ways. You can go... You can stay big with him out there, or you can go small with him out there. You can move Stokes off the ball because he can handle the point guard. You can do a lot of things with Cardi, and now he's gone. And it limits what you can do, and, and obviously, Riley, it waters down when you have to go to your bench. I think you're going to see the starters play more minutes. Yeah, and the problem with that is, I mean, we all know Kamal Stokes is not, and this isn't a shot at him, I don't mean it, but Kamal Stokes is not always perfect. He has a lot of games where he struggles, and he needs someone to come in and relieve him. And I don't think you're necessarily comfortable with Mike McGrill doing that. At times, he can provide a nice spark, but I don't think he's your guy. Yeah, Mike's an off guard, really. He's not a, you know. So yeah, that too. You're talking Sean Neal Williams at that point, and. And he's just so young. Uh, he's so young. But you know what he reminds me of at this point of the season? He reminds me of Mike McGurl last year. He saw him do some weird stuff. You're like, oh, he's, nah, I don't know. And then the postseason, boom, he brought it all together. So maybe that's what the future holds for Sean Neal Williams. Um, we, we will see how that plays out. But th this injury hurts. It sucks. No pun intended. From Cheeseburger Satan, can this team continue to play at this level with Jada out? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, Cardi they was. Did it, they did it last year without Dean. They can do it exactly. Time. And Cardi was big, no doubt. Like, don't make a mistake about it. But it, Cardi's not why this team's, uh, you know, nineteen and five and nine and two. I mean, he's a he's a contributing factor, no doubt. But I don't look at Cardi Jada and say, man, if they didn't have him, they probably wouldn't be nine and two. I look at a guy like Barry Brown, Dean Wade, Xavier Sneed. If they didn't have him, they probably wouldn't be nine and two. You know. Um, I think they would be maybe a game or two worse, but I really don't think he's a guy that changes the dynamic of the team, that changes everything about it. It's just it's it's a bump in the road that you have to overcome, and I know it sucks, and I know that if you don't win the Big 12, you can probably point to that as that's, that's the reason why, but every team goes through this. Baylor lost two players. KU is down God knows how many at this point. I mean... Uh, a lot of every team in in college basketball has injuries. They have suspensions. Whatever. It's just a, it's a road bump you have to overcome. Um, and and if you are a Big Twelve champion team, if you are a Sweet Sixteen caliber team, you will overcome it. And I believe that they will. From Canelio, who in the thread I think said that it is Nelio. Someone asked him, so I don't know if we're gonna change it. So it's a Let's, silent K. Yeah, apparently. Okay, we've been well, doing this for a year and a half. I mean, well, I don't how think, are we like, supposed to know it's a silent K? Okay, we're just going to call him Jada from now on. <laughs> uh, I feel at some point that Sean will... Well, he said Williams Neal, Sean Neal Williams, and Mike McGurl will be forced to step up in crunch time and produce. Do you feel they're ready? 
But Girl's shown he can do it. He gets a little sloppy with the ball at times, but, you know, he had a nice assist for a dunk to Dean down in Texas. You know, he's got some game, but he's not a true point guard. He's better in that two spot or sliding down into the three spot to cover a bigger guy because he does that a lot. Surprisingly well. Well, L against Kentucky, he was covering the five at the end of the game. That was ridiculous. I mean, he's out there. It was comical. But he did a good job. He's strong. He's yeah. physical. Um, he's deceivingly big, and so he can do a lot of things. But he's going to have to step up. He's going to have to be more reliable as a scorer. Is there an answer between yes and no for Sean Neal Williams? Because I don't think he's ready, but I don't think he's so not ready that he can't be impactful, if that makes sense. Like, I'm not ready to say that he isn't going to do things because I've seen him, seen flashes of him play well. But I also am not ready to, to put my full trust in him. So I'm, I'm kind of like in the middle on Sean. I, I think he's talented. I think he can. Um, it's just a question of will. And, I, you know, for example, if he does it on Saturday, I wouldn't anticipate him doing it at West Virginia, you know. Right. He's a freshman. I don't think he's going to string together games like that. From Meow Power, is defense Sean Neal Williams' biggest liability right now? I think for the way this team plays defense, any freshman is going to struggle with yeah. it. It's such a team concept. It's not just about handling the guy in front of you. Those rotations, when they're in system, are amazing. And that that's almost like muscle memory. Uh, you know, you just kind of have to do it instinctively. You can't be thinking about it. If you're thinking about it, you're too late on your rotation. So uh, that's a pro- that is a problem. I, I think he still makes some bad uh, mistakes with where to put the ball. And I mean, he did a runner in the lane that was atrocious. I mean, they had no chance of scoring on that thing. So some of those split-second decisions he struggles with. But, yeah, hey, that's that's the big concern for next year is that the heart and soul of this program, the defense, will drop off with a lot of new guys and so many guys leaving. The rotations just won't be as crisp. From I Like Pickles Cat, do we mostly have the zone figured out at this point? No. 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 They've shown flashes that they can beat the zone. But, look, it's all mental. It really is mental. They do know what they need to do. They just – don't do it to times. It's crazy to watch. It's like, uh, get inside the zone now. You got to get the ball in there, break it down, whether it's on the dribble or through passing. You can't just throw it around the outside of the zone and take a shot. That doesn't work for you. It doesn't work for many teams in the country. And I think the perfect example is Baylor. that Baylor game. If you watch the first three minutes, they had uh, three attempts to get the ball inside. The first two, they didn't even look, but, you know, I could see it, so I know it was there. They didn't even look there. The third attempt, they tried to go down low to Stockard, and it went right off of his fingertips out of bounds. The fourth attempt, they finally flashed Dean to the high post. He caught the ball, turned around. You know what he did, Fitz? Took a jump shot, made it. Man. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Almost like... Almost like that's what we've been saying for quite some time. Almost. It's pretty basic. New one of the podcast, BD May? Bidne? I don't really B-D- know. Is it B-D-N-E-H? N-I-E-H. Okay. I? Yeah. I'm, I'm blanking right I now. It's been a long day. Uh, when is Bruce going to go off on the refs and earn a technical? Never. Is that his style? I, I think there are times when he needs to do it, but K-State's in a lot of close games. You don't want to give up a couple points at the free throw line. And I get that. Um, uh, they're, I, I, I want to see him do it, though. Like I, I think... I'm going to say this as nicely as I can. I don't think referees respect Bruce enough to give him the calls. You know, I think they think he's a good coach, and if his team can outwork and outplay the other team, then then they're going to get the win. But they don't have that 
you call it a fear factor like you have with Bill Self, you know, Bob Huggins. Bruce is never going to work a ref for a call. Let's let's be honest. Bill Self worked Jerry Pollard in that KUK State game and got three straight calls out of him. It works. You can. It shouldn't. It, those guys should be better than that, you know. I, but it works, and I, I'd like to see Bruce try it a little bit more. But then again, he doesn't have that. You know, I don't mean I'm not making fun of his voice, but he doesn't carry authority with his voice, and and sometimes on the sideline, it's really hard to understand. So I'm not sure. I, I I would like to if if it really goes off the rails at some point, I would like to see him get lit up and pull the Hoosiers and Gene Hackman and turn it over to what was his name? Shooter? What was his assistant? Oh, his name? Uh, yeah, it wasn't a shooter. I don't just turn turn around and hand it to Chris and say, "Take it home." I really hope that the refs not understanding what Bruce said is an excuse that they did not <laughs> give him a technical. Like, well, I would have teed him up, but. I didn't understand I, what I he was saying. What he said. Don't know. From Wizard six two nine four, for some reason it doesn't really feel like K State has a two game lead in the Big Twelve Conference, but we are playing our best regular season basketball we have played since I walked onto campus in two thousand fifteen. Should I drop the K State still has too many games to screw this up attitude and buy in? Number one. It doesn't feel like they have the two-game lead. Or is it one and a half? I can't tell. It's ever. one and a half. It's I mean, two in the loss column. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't feel like that. And I'm going to play kind of a fan card here. Nobody's talking about them. Iowa State's the hot ticket right now for some reason. Bizarre. I'm sorry. That's ridiculous. Nobody's giving this team any respect. And that's why it doesn't feel like they're winning the Big 12 is because nobody's talking about a K-State team on a broadcast and going, what if this team ends the, the streak? They'll always go, look at those Big 12 standings. Iowa State right there. But nothing about K-State. So that's fine. why. That's fine. Let's keep plugging away. Uh, yeah, you know what? Go get that win on Saturday, and then maybe you can – Start thinking that at least they're going to have a share of it. And I just think they got to go to Lawrence with the two-game lead on KU. Oh, no doubt. No doubt about it. Uh, if you go to Lawrence one game up, KU's going to be out of their mind ready. And I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. They're going to get every call. They'll get every call. With the West Virginia game coming on a Monday, and then that's the week that all the other teams have the bye week. So everybody catches up next week. I so everything a, should be – No, I think be, there's another week. Uh, I think – the first week, the first week of the nah, season. Maybe you're right. Yeah. First week of the season, there were two games, and then um, last couple of weeks, there's been two teams there's, each, and then there's uh, four teams. That you're right. There's, yeah, four, there's teams four teams next this week, week that, that'll catch up because there's yeah. two games on Monday and a game on Tuesday and nothing on Wednesday. But I would tell you to drop that thought process of that they can. Yeah, they can, and I I, I understand. But I tell you this. I, for the first time, I predicted K-State to win a game on the radio that I didn't exactly feel confident about them. I picked KU. I told people on the radio that they were going to lose one of the two, Baylor and Texas, because I just didn't – I wasn't sold yet. Um, but the Baylor game, going into the Texas one, I kind of had that feeling. And watching them win that game against Texas told me that they can win a lot of games and, and you should really start buying into it because, honestly, they it feels like they should have lost that one. It just didn't feel like a game they should have been winning, a game they should have won, but they got it done. I would say you're all in on them at this point and, and expect them to win almost every game, you know? From Canelio, give me your predictions on how we finish our last seven regular season games. Anybody have the schedule in front of them? <laughs> no, that would be helpful. Yeah. Why would I have that? 
Well, you know, we do cover K-State. Maybe we should know that. I don't know. I don't know about that. Hey, uh, <clears throat> well, let's take the immediate future while I'm pulling this up. We'll go Iowa State here. Iowa State here. It's huge, guys. It's absolutely enormous. They put themselves in an incredible position on Saturday by winning that game. Yeah. Incredible. They'll, they'll not only have uh, a two-game lead in the loss column uh, because KU – Plays host to West Virginia, right? So they're going to win that. West Virginia beat Orange. No, I'm kidding. West Virginia um, kicked two kids off. Yeah, it. I mean, it's just enormous. That gets you to 12 games of an 18 game schedule. That gets you to the two thirds mark. Then you go to West Virginia. They're capable of losing that game, but West Virginia has lost even more players now, and they're just down to bare bones. If you want to be Big 12 champs, you got to go win that. Mm-hmm. Just like you needed to go win Baylor and Texas. you got to go take care of business and come on and play Oklahoma State, which looks like they've chucked it in. Yeah. I feel bad for Boynton. Uh, yeah. you. So what I'm saying is if you get to 10-2 and two by winning Saturday, if you want to be Big 12 champs, you will be 12-2 and two with four games to play and at least a two-game lead on your next team. And, I and, think- and a tiebreaker over Iowa State. And thirteen and five probably locks it in. I don't think KU's going undefeated the rest of the way. They got to go to Texas Tech. They got to face Kansas State. Yep. Going to lose one of those, if not both. We'll we'll see what happens. If they if KU wins both of them, that that's not a deal breaker. K State can still take care of it, They'll take care of their business, and it's just they're going to have to mess up. Let's be honest yeah. here. It's going to take a choke. They got Oklahoma coming in. They should win that. I see two games on the schedule that remaining that I look at and go, eh, wouldn't really be shocked if they lost, wouldn't really be too upset if they lost, you know? Because they're games that I could see them losing, and that would be Iowa State and KU. The other games, I fully expect them to win. Yes. At TCU? Okay. If you're a Big 12 champion, you what are they, sixth? Yeah. Sixth in the conference, yeah. you go into the house of the sixth-place team in the conference and you beat them. Yep. Okay, you did it. I know they probably shouldn't have. Thanks, Jamie Dixon. That was a terrible coaching job. But you you got to win. Like it, Conference championships, national contenders, you get those, those wins. Period. End of story. Amen, brother. Amen. Well, that's it for the first half of the Powercat Podcast. That was basketball. I assume we've got rugby up next. It's uh, rugby sevens. I don't know if that means. <laughs> I don't I, I, see. I, World Cup is in the fall. I preview it. was a smart ass, and it, it blew up on me. <sighs> it completely blew up on me. We'll be back, and we are sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Stop in, say hi to Kevin and the gang. They are swell. The Power Camp Podcast continues shortly. I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps autocorrecting liquor store to the fridge. A fridge or the fridge? The fridge. It just did it again. Well, the fridge is more than just a liquor store. The fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers, plus they're back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year. Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Autocorrect your next liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, 1150 Westport in Manhattan, online at fridgeliquor.com. 
For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Fritchin, and the other Go Powercat sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only Go Powercat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com. We now return to the Power Cat Podcast. And we are back on the Power Cat Podcast with the second half of your questions from Wabash Station, Tim Fitzgerald, Riley Gates, Zach Carlson. I was expecting you to say Marcus Watts. I'm not joking. I was waiting to hear Marcus Watts in my head. <laughs> Zach Carlson. Zach's fun, more fun than say that Marcus Watts. I agree. Just fumble by Marcus Watts. There we go. That's it. That's it. Sorry. <laughs> Damn. Fumble? Yeah, I don't know. What do you like? Punt return and fumble? I don't know. Dude, Fitz, gets this. We didn't really eat the cliche Texas foods that much this weekend. Why? We you didn't just, want a burger. We, around, we did Whataburger well, twice, but. I'd make once, the argument we did. We did Whataburger twice, but once was because it was just kind of like, hey, like let's just get some real quick and then get to the game. You know, right. it wasn't like, oh, dude, let's go get Whataburger. But my argument is, we went to the most touristy of touristy barbecue places we could go to, which is Franklin Barbecue. Okay, well, when I say the Texas places, I mean what we usually do when we go to Texas. Fair enough. Fair enough. Taco Cabana and Whataburger, and we did that quick. And it was done. We did it. But yes, we went to Franklin Barbecue. But and it was good. Oh, it's good. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah, I need to go back. Uh, when I went to the Salt Lake the one time, it was uh, really cold. I mean, it was bizarre. And you kind of wait outside, and we froze yeah. you hoos off. So I want to do a little. But the food was amazing. So we waited for two hours, good. and yeah, we waited for two hours. It was totally fine. I kind of i i I think a Salt Lake type of place would work in this area. Yeah. Kind of out in the boonies. Wildcat Creek Road. Wildcat Creek Road. On the way to the winery. A nice little barbecue place back in the trees. There's there's one of my dreams right there for everyone. Someone go do that. Fitz's Barbecue. Would name it after me. I've got a barbecue concept, but I don't think it would work around here. So, A lot of vinegar? Oh, hell no. (laughs) It was a good weekend of food. We did we did some good things. And it didn't, didn't work out, so that's nice. I'm so mad. Yeah, we'll talk about I'm that mad over time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are the Powercat Podcast. We are the gang from gopowercat.com, and uh, we're sponsored by the Fridge Wholesale Liquor. So when you come to town, hit the fridge. Uh, you know, if you're not going to the game, go to Tanner's, our first segment sponsor. And then after the game, everyone, all everyone from the arena, go to the high-low. Give Seth his biggest day of business ever. Post-game victory celebration at the high-low. And what do you say when you get there? High-low. No, you say, hey, Seth, what's going on? Hey, Fitz sent me here. (laughs) Fitz sent me here and told me to play Milwaukee Roulette. And the guy brings out a gun. No, don't bring your guns. Milwaukee Roulette involves beer. Bad beer. No. Undermarketed beer. It's sometimes good. You get a boulevard week. Undermarketed. <laughs> oh, so good on down to Aggieville. Get to Aggieville, folks. Come on, man. Get 
down there. Or downtown. Whatever works for you. Whatever fits your tastes. We're a downtown business now. So we're going to say, hey, come downtown. Or Hackerville. From Questions from all of us. Zach was not waiting. From Mountain Joe, do you like Kleiman's approach to recruiting? He appears to be offering anybody. I'm well, look, it's easy to offer. Every this is a common approach. Offer, 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 offer. And then you don't really follow up. You know. The you go out and offer and see if the kid's really interested. He's got fifty offers, and in his mind, he immediately gets it to ten or something like that. And then he's got then immediately he's going, Well, I'm going here on a visit, I'm going here on a visit. Now one of the kids said, I gotta figure out a visit to Kansas State. Good sign. I think they're going to be more dynamic in recruiting. I think they're going to sell the product a lot more aggressively than what we've seen in the past. So what the hell? Give it a try. Maybe they have to work it down a little bit. But I think what they're looking at here is sweep the state of Kansas as best you can and then get out there and knock some home runs out of the park with some big-time signees, four- or five-star guys. Five-star might be much. Four-star guys, high three-star guys. They're they're going to be fearless. Maybe they'll learn some lessons out there like, okay, we're not there yet. We can't get these kids. But I think they'll be back knocking on those doors three years down the road when, you know, they've been really winning a lot of football games if they do. I, I agree with all that. It's just, to me, it's a little too early to say if I like it or don't. Because, you know, it's the Bruce Weber approach of recruiting. You cast the net, go after the big guys, and hope you land one of them. Um, but the problem that we have sometimes with Bruce doing it is he doesn't really get those guys that, you know, the big guys that he chases after. They're always after off to the, the beer schools, and you kind of question, maybe you should have focused your time and energy on guys you actually had a better chance of signing. So, See, I think it's different with football and basketball because basketball you got three scholarships. That too, yeah. Football, you can go take some chances out there. Now, if they start offering just a stupid amount of guys and they never have any interest, then it's going to get annoying. Because like, Wally's posting like 13 times on the boards every day, and I'm just like, good God, they can't sign all these guys. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting approach. We're going to see them get in and some kids that – they're gonna you scratch your head a little bit, but they see him at a different position, and we can't we don't know what they're yeah. seeing. From Mountain Joe again, uh, what will what is our biggest need, uh, be it offensive line, defensive line, linebacker, etc. for next season? For next for yeah, like the 2019 year of the recruiting you know, I cycle. Haven't, honestly, I haven't looked at that. I re- I could sit here and guess. I mean, Wally would be better at that. Uh, I, I think the biggest need, honestly, isn't position group. It's establishing you're the big – you're the the one to beat in the state of Kansas. You can't lose kids to Kansas in the state of Kansas. It's a huge year in the metro area in the state of Kansas. You need to get 90% of those guys. There's going to be some guys that want to go there because they can play immediately. You know, it's great. Go play for a bad team. You know, go go buy into the dream that so kids actually, you know, actually see it happen of turning around a program. Buy into that. That's fine. Good luck. These kids are going to come to Kansas State and probably win, and I think they're going to do well. So, you know, we can talk about position groups. Man, I think probably linebackers out there, they, they really want to stock up on, well, tight end is Tight end's a huge need. I mean, they, they need to go find a couple tight ends that really fit what they want. So I, I think it's just across the board. They, they've got needs all over the place, and they got to continue to upgrade that secondary. 
From GTCat, how likely do you think it is that Coach Kleiman has his has this team on the other side of the 50 in terms of national team recruiting ranking? Ooh, that's – I don't want to say it's too tough to attain. It's not. I just think it's – I mean, I think it's going to take some time to get there. Um, a lot of it depends on that 2020 class. I think if they land the right guys, they get there. Um so how likely is it going to be that it happens? I would say, I would say you have a strong, ch- you have way better chance of doing it with this recruiting staff and these efforts than you probably have in the last five years. I'll, I'm going to be really, really, really honest here. Uh, the chances are improved because we're on 24/7 sports. What I mean here is, Rivals didn't give a flying crap about kids in Kansas. They really didn't, unless it was a Bryce Brown or Arthur Brown or someone. They just didn't care about him. Uh, you know, they, the guy that covered Kansas recruiting lives in Michigan, never really saw him. They, Kansas was an afterthought. They didn't. They just weren't invested in it. And the guy who actually runs Rivals Recruiting <clears throat> really had an anti, I don't know what it was. He just had a hard-on for things. And, I mean, now they're putting up fake profiles. So that's good. That's solid for him. <laughs> um, look, we're covering – recruiting now in the state of Kansas for a network that honestly covered Kansas did a better it's amazing they did a better job covering Kansas without a K-State site than Rivals did with a K-State site that was one of their founding websites figure that out but now they're going to be in here um Gabe Brooks our recruiting expert out of the Dallas area is going to be up in Kansas some he's going to be coming to things and I think there's going to be more exposure for these recruits and thus able to measure them better against the Texas kids. So I think you're going to see the star level rise, maybe not move from three to four, but certainly within the three-star rankings, you're going to see guys become higher three stars. Um, K-State's benefited. It's been, wow, look what Bill Schneider's doing with these low-rated kids. Well, they were low-rated because nobody gave guys like Cody Whitehair a good look. Nobody really looked at him, and he was he's an, he was an NFL guy coming out of high school. When I when I went to Five Star Challenge, I looked at those kids and said Cody White here was every good every bit as good as these kids, but nobody looked at him because they're the state of Kansas. So I think it's going to improve. I think they're going to swing for more fences. They're going to get some better kids. I think their sales pitch is going to be more refined and aggressive than what we've seen. From Add to Cart Cat, what do you anticipate the level of access you will be given to Coach Kleiman and his assistant coaches and players from now through the beginning of spring practice? I'm and not sure. I'll ask when I'm at the team meeting. And <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that for a second. And do you anticipate the same access to Chris Kleiman, coaches and players through spring practice? I think it's going to be much better. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we'll talk to him before spring practice just because there's not. Yeah, I don't think we'll have anything until spring practice is ready to open. Um, You know, I expect us to have something with Buddy Wyatt. I hope. So we've got to write a feature on him, so it would be helpful. I've asked for that, by the way, as I share meeting information here on the podcast. Hey, thanks. Uh, Scoop. It's (laughs) Scoop. We're going to talk to a coach. So much for that exclusive interview. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get that. I think it'll be (laughs) for everyone. It's going to be a lot better. We're going to have assistant coaches. You've already seen as customers uh, the benefit of us getting – it's just rhetoric. We – We've been covering the crap out of things. We've got so many different angles now that we can talk about. And I'm telling you what, we've got 
content back it up in the hopper because we're putting up on average lately we've been putting up 10 stories a day 10 content numbers a day, between <laughs> Zach's videos um and the other stuff stupid big <laughs> you know it look if you're not a subscriber come over and enjoy the free stuff there's tons of it if you're a subscriber you are getting you're getting more vip stuff than you probably were before there's just a lot more stuff in general so um, that's the benefit of getting more information, more access. And all of that will continue to come from us. We're not mailing it in, folks. We're doubling down. We're doubling down. And I'm looking forward to being able to talk to assistant coaches because it benefits you, the K-State fan, uh, more than us. It's about you guys. From Cheeseburger Satan, I don't feel as if the previous coach – I don't feel th- – I don't feel as if I knew the previous coaches very well. Is this a product of information slash access given to you guys or my excitement level of hear- of having something shiny and new? Well, yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, it, it was unfortunate. Because of Coach Snyder's policies, you didn't learn the coaches. We used, we talked to Bob Stoops when he was here. We talked to, you know, all of those young upcoming coaches. Ron Hudson was the offensive coordinator. We talked to him. People knew those coaches back then. And then after Coach Snyder cut off the coaches, assistant coaches in 2005, he just didn't really get it. And it's a shame. It was a byproduct of it. Honestly, the only assistant coach he ever talked about was his own son. Yeah. And then it... it <laughs> It influences your opinion on coaches because, you know, then you're only judging them on what you see on the field. You know, uh, Dana Demmel had struggles with his offense. Well, if he could have spoken to us about what's going wrong with the offense, maybe the fans could have had a little bit better idea what Dana was thinking on play X. So, yeah, I mean, you guys just haven't had the opportunity to get to know them. And and also it just kind of feels like, you know, you you have Blake Seiler, you have Colin Klein, you have Andre Coleman. Oh, well, we know those guys. Exactly. Last question of the second half from Purple Powerhouse. I was wondering a little bit about Kleiman's upcoming speaking stops. What's the context here, and is he just trying to connect with fans and donors? Yeah, I mean, I think it's – well, I think it's what, Dallas and – and uh, was it Oklahoma? Wichita. I've, I've, I've oh, got to okay. be honest, I haven't seen this. It oh. was a press release, kind of got buried Friday, I think, maybe. I forget when it, it came out. It was sometime last week. Yeah. Wow, how did I miss out on this? Um, you know, just a lot of information that we had on the site and things like that kind of got buried but yeah i mean i think it's, it's like, a little bit of both yeah four days over or four stops over two days i think yeah he's gonna be on the road a lot get connected with with like you said boosters alumni get his name out there um probably i guess if you're in the area you know you could have a kid come in and listen to the speech Water maybe yeah you can i'm they just want to show up just kind of floating things out there um yeah, I guess. Yeah, at the end of the day, it is. Yeah, just getting those that that name familiar out there because I'm sure he'll be on the on the Catbacker tour a lot. But you don't necessarily want him on every single one because that's just a lot. Of and stuff you got to some do. you got some awesome assistant coaches that fans can get exposed to. I hope they send you know two football coaches to every stop this year. They really should. Mm-hmm. Um, they should send out more coaches um, because. The head coach will trust him to talk to fans and, and say things, and I think people are going to really like this staff. I think anytime you get your head coach out on the road in front of fans, I love the fact he's going out of state. You know, that's cool, man. That's If you're in the Dallas Metroplex, and I would, I would find a way to be at that event. I really would. So we'll see. Um, once you meet Chris Kleiman, you meet his coaches, 
you buy in even more. I really do. I know the student body bought in at halftime of the KU game when he gave that speech. Um, I mean, wow. It was, it was incredible. It, it really was. And, and I think the students upped their intensity in the second half. And to not just because it was the second half. I think they bought into him and, and they wanted to win the dang day. And they did. So it's fun. It's a lot of things coming from GoPowerCat.com. We're plugging away on the studio. A little bit more on that uh, as I slowly lose my grip on sanity. But we're, we're getting there. Slowly. Slowly. And uh, I can't wait to unveil some of this content and some of the things we'll be able to do with the studio. This is the Powercat Podcast, sponsored by The Fridge. That segment is brought to you by the High Low. Make sure you stop in those places. When you're in Manhattan, get your butts here on Saturday for Kansas State and Iowa State. We'll be back right after this with a very entertaining overtime. I predict it will be good. The gang will return with more of the Power Camp Podcast. I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps auto-correcting liquor store to the fridge. A fridge or the fridge? The fridge. It just did it again. Well, the fridge is more than just a liquor store. The fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers, plus they're back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year. Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Autocorrect your next liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, 1150 Westport in Manhattan, online at fridgeliquor.com. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Fritchin, and the other GoPowerCat sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only GoPowerCat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com. Back to Fitz on the Power Camp Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. And welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. They're awesome. They're fantastic. And this is the overtime. The first two halves are in the back pocket, so to speak. And now we're moving on to the overtime. The boys had an enjoyable trip, as mentioned, down to uh, Texas. Um, I don't think they're Facebook official, but, you know, they're getting there. I'm getting there. Four nights. How were four nights in a hotel room with each other? Well, we were pretty dead after Baylor. It was kind of whatever. Our hotel didn't have a fitness center. Look, the, the hotel was nice. Oh, except damn, for the I would have never stayed there. There was no fitness center. The Denny's next door was getting gutted. All yep. the meanwhile, while the hotel itself was having construction, and so we just heard the whole time. Okay. Well, that's cool. I'm glad I got yeah, it. I'm pretty, sure, we're pretty sure the Denny's is open on Saturday. Yeah. We came back after the Baylor game, and we wake up Sunday morning, and they're just gutting the thing. It's gone. It's the gone. booths are gone. The tables are gone. It was the weirdest 12-hour turnaround I've ever seen in my life. Oh, who knows? Maybe a fraternity had a drunken outing to their Saturday night, and they but it to was, start over. It was fine. Um, okay. Nice hotel. Zach and I got along well. I had the desk. I didn't sleep on Tuesday night. That's fun. Those are fun. Yeah. Those are a lot of fun. I remember Fritz and I covering a, 
I think it was a football game at West Virginia. It was a football game at West Virginia. And you don't know. you got to plan your travel. And then they set the kickoff time for 7 p.m. You know, mm. and like, so we work in the press box. We drive back to the hotel in Pittsburgh. So that's 90 minutes. And we get there, and we have more work to do. I think I got in an hour of sleep. Fritchin pulled an all-nighter before we went to the you know, it's like we should have just checked out of the hotel when we went to the game. Yeah. And not paid for the second night because we were literally in our room for like an hour and a half. That was us this year in West Virginia, too. Yeah. It's just, it's it's a mess. It's it's fun. But nobody had more fun on the trip uh, than uh, Bruce Weber. He got, <laughs> he got a couple of wins. And uh, he had the greatest analogy for his defense in the first half against Texas. And it is the first edition of... Bruce after dark. When you go to school and you got the traffic guard lady and she's got her little band on and she, we just stood there like this letting kids go by us. It's beautiful. <laughs> thing's beautiful. It's, uh, it's you know, let's be honest, what makes it so awesome is his voice, you know. It's that's how he explains it. My favorite part is that if you take it literally, like, yeah, that's a very good analogy by him. Like I understand what he's getting at. The best part, though, is the sash, the, the where the he mentions the badge over her <laughs> chest, completely irrelevant to the to the analogy. No way yeah. is that an, a relevant point. And he's doing he's he's signaling <laughs> it all out, you know, the sash, man. Oh, good. It was incredible. Well done, good. Bruce. Well, that sets the tone for uh, Bruce. Uh, After Dark is now the sponsor of the overtime. I guess. <laughs> Goodness, Can we created just... a movement. <laughs> We're just going to play Bruce out of context quotes as our sponsor. <laughs> so here we go. It is the overtime. We are sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Get in there. You're coming in for the game on a Saturday. You need some booze. We got the place for you. It's called the Fridge. Here we go. Zach Carlson. From Purple Cheese, is the Irwin Center the worst Big 12 basketball venue? It looks half empty on TV every time we play there. No. I, it's one of the best in terms of the venue. Well, okay, are you talking about the... It's one of the arenas in the Big 12. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, if you had fans in there, it'd be the best. I don't think that should dictate what is a good arena, though. Yeah, for an overall environment, yeah, it stinks. Yeah, I'll give it's you It's getting a little dated. It's, I don't like big circle... Um, arenas and it is it's huge. It's huge. It was designed more for concerts, and they have huge concerts in there. They have yeah. big name. I think they will still use it at times for that. For the yeah, but lives. I talked to to Wagcat down there, and he said concerts in there are awful. He oh, said really? the acoustics are terrible. Oh, that's great. Maybe they won't use it. I know that uh, my friend, my close buddy Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> is uh, that's Minister of Culture Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, hey, we'll, hey, we will get there. Is excited oh, about the concerts uh, that are going to be coming into the new arena, of which he is an investor. So I'm I'm happy for him. Seems like he's doing okay with his money. Look, if Tex doing moved, okay since he moved to Mulvane. Just doing he's fine. Okay. All right. I if, think he's doing all right. If Texas yeah. had a good basketball team, that would be one of the best arenas in the Big Twelve. And even though they don't have a good basketball team, I would still put it in the top. It pushes really? for the top five. Really? I mean, okay, I'll take Waco's the worst. Yes. Uh, I guess I haven't been to Texas Tech and I haven't been to West Virginia, so the poll is kind of tough for me to judge. Uh, Texas Tech, I've never actually been there, but it's a nice new arena. Okay. Uh, so, and I'm sure the, the environment is good, too. Uh, West Virginia is very dated, but uh, it's kind of like the rest of West Virginia. It's out of date, but adequate. Does you know gets the job done. Lloyd Noble sucks. Lloyd Noble sucks. 
So I would say that Lloyd Noble and Baylor are the bottom two for sure. We'll the, put West the Virginia TCU Arena at eight is pleasant now that they've renovated it. It was it was the worst by court far. loses points. Yeah, the court's weird. I would probably put Texas around six or seven, yeah. pushing for that five spot. Yeah. Okay. It's mid table. I it's enjoyed not the it. That's not the worst. Personally, it was amazing for media, except for the Wi-Fi sucking. That's a good setup for media because everything's right there. The tunnel See. underneath is super long yeah. and super narrow. And it's weird and super confusing. Like you, you lose perspective of where yeah. you are. Yeah. There's only like two I'm, court entrances. I'm at the tunnel where you can bring stuff in, and now I'm over here, and somehow I magically got to the other end of the arena in twelve steps. It's confusing. It's very. It's it's a weird. It's yeah. it's like Austin. It's weird. Okay, here we go. From KSU Man, is that the most dunks we've ever had in a game? It has to be. It has to be. <laughs> what, what's shout out to the team? poster who put all the gifs together, the dunks. Dean Wade had 12 points, right? He scored six points on dunks. <laughs> Dude, I honestly, what? Who? I don't forget, so sorry for whoever made the post, but like, that's a very good point. This team is dunking at an insane amount. Like... They never did that. There was one of those dunks by Dean. He would have never dunked before. He caught the ball halfway down the lane in traffic, and he went ahead and dunked it. And Macau doesn't just go dunk everything he can because <laughs> that's the only way he's going to be for sure to make the shot. <laughs> but it's uh, that's got to be the record for dunks. And I'm going to be sad if like they become a non-dunking team when all these guys graduate. Sad. From JHAM79, how in the hell do we get scheduled for three Monday games in consecutive weeks? Probably a computer thing. I, nobody shafted K-State on it, like, intentionally, probably. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I, I kind of like it. Now You have they, five days of rest. Yeah. It, the problem is, is the Big 12 in the past has actually made K-State play two road games in there or go to – West Virginia, that's a bad trip. I mean, you play yes. Saturday. They, they, the last time they did this, it seems like they played Saturday and then they flew to West Virginia. So. Yeah, Zach was Zach got the. They said, "What is it? The team's leaving right after Iowa State." Yeah, they're going to leave Saturday night. So yeah, you have to quick post game press conference. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's they would have flown Sunday, but something's happening in the arena, like Sunday night or something that's being used, so they couldn't practice until they had to practice like early Sunday or something. So they're going down Saturday night. Like yeah. in the West Virginia arena? Yeah. Huh. I haven't looked it up. I, I could look it up. but like Morgantown Moonshine Fest. Come on down conflict. to the WVU Coliseum and we'll be making moonshine. <laughs> Sorry, that, that was offensive to our West Virginia listeners. Can we talk about how lazy of a naming that is? What should we name the basketball place? Well, I mean, Coliseum is, is a rather common name in, in basketball arenas okay what's the what goes in front of it though we can't just call it coliseum um like west virginia well no that's going to be a little bit too clumpy um clumpy. why don't we why don't we go short let's just call it wvu coliseum it's better with the accent <laughs> want to know what they did for 36 years at k-state k-u stadium yeah. i know and it was lazy <laughs> well it fit the stadium <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone really call it KSU? Not really. No. Everyone calls it K-State. From Adam K 63 Fitz, did you do the interview with Coach Riley instead of having Riley Gates do it so there wouldn't be too many Rileys attached to one story? <laughs> I am anti-Riley, and yes, that is exactly what happened. 
I did speak to Connor Riley. <laughs> I I enjoyed that. There, you know what? We realized afterwards that was like the first half of a future Power Chat episode. Him and I just talking about all kinds of stuff. And I almost wish we had it on a sit-down video because I think the context of what he says, you know, when you when you type stuff up, it kind of loses yes. some of the translation. And we had a great conversation. It was it was really good. Um, so he will be on the Power Chat list when we get the studio built in 2027. Hey, oh, we're really closer close. than that. We're really close. Guys, I know. I See, you saw the breakthrough because you left and it was a shell. And you came back and it looks like a studio. But there's so much work to be done. Toby, our hard hand, will be back in this afternoon to work on it. We could put the couches together and chair together mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. throw a camera back there. And you wouldn't really be able to tell. No, not. He's going to be doing the electrical outlets and getting all that set up and getting the sound foam up. Sound foam. We're making moves. We're making moves. Got to get the curtains up so we have some privacy from the street. It's going to be nice. From BK Big Fish 81. Love it. Welcome. Is that, hold on, is that Burger King Big Fish? Brad Corn. <laughs> Brad Corn. Okay. Hello. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Wife made me go, the, his, his wife made him go to Umi two weeks in a row. If you were a wife, if you were a wife, if you were a hibachi chef, uh, what would your signature move be? Hold on. Your wife made you go to Umi? Like, like you're upset that you he got did, to go to Umi? He did use the word made. What the heck? I'm not into I the. I love Umis. I'm not into this. I'm l- l- look. I'm not into flair bartending or flair chefing, and that's essentially what abachi chefs are. What? Chop, chop, chop. Flip it in the air. Put the food in front of me and feed my face. Put the drink in front of me. Let me drink it. Don't be flaring around with this crap. Get your business done and let me get my business started. That's All where right. I'm at. But I would flip the shrimp into people's mouths. Don't worry. I'll get off your lawn. <laughs> Let me be clear. I would not go to a restaurant to eat the type of food that is served to me at a Japanese restaurant. Like, I would not do that without the show. The show makes me eat it. That's a, that's a valid point. You know, it's all like, marketing for them. Yeah, I, I'm with that. Umi's is incredible. Like, it's honestly one of the – if it wasn't so expensive, I'd eat there a lot more. I'm not into the whole shtick. But, and it's not them. It's the whole industry of the flair. You don't chef-ing. like the – the what a little boy peeing on the food, the butter thing. I don't know what. I don't the know. oil. You know I don't think that's about? at Umi's. They don't have that at Umi's. No. Okay. Um, no. I, my signature move though would be the one where he takes the spatula and he's he's um, kind of like bouncing the egg on. And he's like oh oh oh, and then he catches it on the bladed part of the of the egg, so it cracks the egg and the egg just kind of comes sliding out and it goes onto the grill. Wow, that's pretty slick. Yeah, that's fun. That's yeah. good. Uh, just crack the damn egg and get it on the grill. Uh, you know, I probably would do something like uh, set an apple on one of the customer's heads and throw a knife at it. <laughs> That's not hibachi at all. <laughs> That's just an angry chef. That's just you throwing a weapon at someone. Or an onion volcano. That's probably The onion volcano is awesome. Incredible. Yeah, I'm not as up to date on this. I've eaten there once and... Okay, if you've eaten at a Japanese restaurant, though, it's it's all the you same. Know what the I hadn't eaten at a Japanese restaurant since uh, the 80s until I went since there. The I hate, since, since the war. Since the war. Man, I hate those places. Just hate it. Just serve me the food. And if, you, if I'm in a bar and you start flair bartending and it takes more than 10 seconds, 
Like, if you want to flip a bottle, okay, get in a position to pour, cool. But if you start putting on a show, I'm going to throw my glass at you. Here's Flair customering, and just hit him with a glass. Make sure you don't end up on Fitz's lawn either. Exactly. Good Lord. From Wildcat Engineer, what different concessions would you add to Bramlage? A uh, shot chair. I don't know what the... You know, <laughs> I don't know what the concessions are. <laughs> I, uh, I, we, we don't, I eat hot dogs once in a while when I don't want to eat the media meal. They did used to have an a icy machine there. Oh, that, yeah. uh, was it Coke and Cherry? Uh, Pepsi. Cherry. Pepsi and Cherry, yeah. yeah. Duh. That was stupid. Um, but, yeah, that's because I'm a big icy guy, as Zach found out when we went to Bucky's, the best gas station I've in the never world. been to one. I'm so excited. i got to do it. Yeah, you do. Like, if we could spend an hour in a Bucky's. I spent $24 at Bucky's. What, did you buy any? <laughs> in fairness, I bought a lot of bangs. So like, okay. Well, that, that racks up. But I bought bangs, and then I bought a slushie. That's and then an I energy drink, folks. A hot dog. I think it is. <laughs> then I bought a hot dog, and it's not a gas station hot dog like you think. Really? I mean, it's a good hot dog. Well, all hot dogs are good. Uh, Unless you've overcooked it. I mean, it's hard to screw it up. But I would add back the, the icy machine. Okay. I'd probably have, uh, like, Chick-fil-A chicken strips or something. Instead of the sandwiches that they serve now. Is that what they serve? I think they do yeah. serve uh, Chick-fil-A now. But what you got to understand about Bucky's Fits is that the hot dog is not just... I didn't just take it off a roller and put it in a bun. It's They have a station with probably 10 little monitors, would you say, where you yeah. can order... And you can order everything. You can order a barbecue sandwich. You can order a cheeseburger. You can order a ham sandwich. You can order a hot dog. You can order uh, tacos. I mean, this is not your normal gas station. So there's like a uh, kitchen window that yeah. you get your food from? Yeah. More than a window. But it, yeah, it's more than it's a window. Like, <laughs> so this is entire, like, basically this is shelf. a fast food industry, what it's going to become. Yeah. Mm. I don't in know. in yeah. terms of monitors, yes. Oh, that. But the monitors is just yeah. an easy way to order. Yeah. But it, but it's quality food. Like it's not gas station food. It is quality food. A lot of people go there and get barbecue like meats, and they will take them home. They make their own beef jerky. Wow. This is not a gas station. This is heaven. it's like if Walmart was a gas station, but but better better. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I can't believe you've never been to a Bucky's. I've gone to Texas God knows how many times. They're intimidating, man. They are. They're very intimidating. <laughs> Pull up and they're like, there's a hundred gas pumps. Where do I go? Where do I park? <laughs> it's uh, very scary. From AZCAT05. Uh, so what exactly is the job description for Minister of Culture? <laughs> I think it's just a way uh, to make him sound more official so that he can be sitting on the uh, bench i wonder if it's not an official job here's why i'm dead serious about it did they pay him like a dollar or something he is in photos with recruits that is a violation clear violation you can't have an alumni interacting in that manner with a booster a booster with recruits but if he's an employee, he could. Right. If he's actually the minister of culture and gets paid a dollar, I bet you he could. Oh, I'm sure it's Which an official position. Which would be an incredibly Texas thing to do. Yeah, of course it's an official position. I don't think they'd just say it. Well, I do. Because if they just say it to get him on the bench, then they'd just let him sit on the bench. And, folks, let me clarify something. You don't go buy that burnt orange suit. You have it tailored. You're Matthew freaking <laughs> McConaughey. Someone made that for him. Say what you want. That's a badass suit. 
He's a badass. He is. I mean, what is the minister of culture? I I don't know what the job is. But let me say this. That just strikes me as another distraction for Texas athletes. Another distraction. You got the Longhorn Network constantly needing stuff from you. And now you got Matthew McConaughey hanging around and kind of sucking the life, getting all the attention. You know, Wagcat put up that, you know, the threw the in-house camera on him about a dozen times. Should you be covering the basketball game? I don't know. It just seems like it's typical Texas. More fluff than substance. And, again, Bruce summed it up. They're the best 14-11 team in the country. They're 14-11 and 6-6. and so. <laughs> That was a stupid comment. I'm sorry. <laughs> From, they're, they're, probably, pretty, they're pretty good, but that's my point. They are playing below their talent. They're probably the only 14 and 11, 6 and 6 team in the country. That's true. That's probably <laughs> true. But I think the point is they have more talent than their record reflects. Well, yes. that goes back to the fact that the players aren't focused and the coach isn't very good. Shaka Smart is terrible. How is he still employed? Okay. Uh, do we, Does anyone ask about the Shaka Smart huddle? No. I don't think anybody asked about it. Okay, look. Look. I have really no problem with him saying you're better than the other team. Right. That's what yeah. you tell your team in a huddle. Absolutely. But not to respect them. You know what? They played like they didn't respect them. I, they played like they thought they were better than them and didn't need to try. Because that's what their coach told them. In fairness to Shaka Smart, he said don't over-respect them. Uh, Those are two different look, things. Look, did you notice both times they put the the voice, the excuse me, the camera into the huddle? It was all touchy-feely stuff. No X's and O's. It was all mental coaching. Absolutely no X's and O's on display. It was it was all about emotions. That's, uh, I I think that to get him in trouble with is because they're not they don't look fully prepared to play, and I'm not sure Shaka Smart actually knows basketball that well. I just thought people blew that up way too uh, much. I agree. Look, you tell your team you're better than the opponent. Of course you do. People told us that all the time when we weren't in high school. Like that's what you tell a team. And of course, like, like no, I know what you're saying by like the whole like don't re- over respect them is not a great comment. But, but they, also, they, I agree with them. They like, seem to play half ass after that. Like we're better I just than think this that's team. Texas. Oh, well, that's true. But I think the the don't over respect them. I'm okay with that too because if you have a have a tier team over respecting their opponent, you're yeah, you're afraid of them. Don't oh, don't put them like there's that. There's no way, reason they should be afraid of K State because they beat them by twenty. Yeah, and, and thought, that and that's my other thing. I thought it was just kind of silly. He's what? totally okay to say that they're better. They beat them once. Yeah, I I just thought. Shaka, maybe get out a clipboard and show them how to run a play or something. <laughs> Do some coaching. Not great. From Catstat88, what is your favorite travel destination? Ever? I mean, the whole world? Um, wow. No, no other qualifiers. Well, I don't know. Probably <sighs> one I haven't been to. Um, ooh, wow. Let's just go with the ones that you've been to, obviously. Well, I think we all know mine. Salina, huh. Kansas? Yeah, that's it. No. Oh. I mean, I, I I would go to Las Vegas twice a year if I had the time and the money to do it. I think I'd like to go. I mean, if I could have enjoyed Las Vegas when I was there, I, that would probably be number one because it's just the type of place I really like. It's really cool to me. Um, but I will also say Chicago. I, I would go to Chicago every Chicago's year if I badass. could. You know, if you went to Vegas two times a year, 
you might be able to make enough money. You might be able to, to afford where you to go can to Vegas. Afford to go to Vegas. Not, that's what's interesting. I'm not really a Tons gambler. A I'll play a little blackjack, but I don't really gamble. I don't gamble in sports. I'm probably should learn how to play craps or something, but I I find it just too complicated and too much going on. It just overloads my senses. I play blackjack because it's simple math and you can calculate up chances in your head and kind of fake count cards and know what's been out on the table and you know and I'm pretty good at it and I usually make some money on the long run over that so I'll do that but I really don't spend hours and hours at the table I I would go twice a year in the winter I would go on a trip and go see shows and concerts and eat that kind of thing and then the spring summer I'd go to pools and party and you know, hit a VIP room some night do those that trip two different trips the third trip is just go do touristy things. I mean, if you've been to Vegas and you've never been to the Mob Museum, I, I'm telling you, you got to do that. The Neon Museum of all the old neon, you got to do that. There's so much cool stuff in Vegas. There's going to be football soon. You know what's interesting about this whole football thing with the Raiders? Why aren't they talking to UNLV about just playing the next season in their stadium? Right. Uh, you know? Uh, Are they not? Picked a no. They're apparently getting close to going back to their stadium. I know the the Giants stadium came up as a possibility. The the Forty ers shot it down because they have rights on the market. Oh, that's Mm. that's true. So the 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 craziest one that's come up now are Tucson, Arizona, and Birmingham, Alabama have combined a bid to host four games apiece. Maybe five games with with non conference or non conference preseason. Um. Yeah. Weird. Why not, why not move them to London for a year? That, that's Make been this talked, the trial year. But, trial run. You know, that's really what they they should do with the Raiders is say, look, uh, we want you. We're you're not going to have a home field. You're going to play two games in London. Play two games in Mexico City. You're going to go play. I don't know. I don't know if there's a place in San Juan to play. I don't know if there's an adequate place in. Uh, what else? What other cities are Portland? I don't think there probably is. You know, any any kind of market out there that that might want an NFL team, but send them to Toronto. To, you know, Montreal. Just let them go play their home games as a road team. Pay them to do it. I don't know. That's just thought. We'll see what happens with them. It's the Raiders, and I don't care. They can suffer. Last question from AZCat05. Did Mrs. Fitz get anything for Valentine's Day? No, because I'm doing a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to a show at McCain tonight. What show is it? Uh, Postmodern Jukebox, which is on my bucket list of concerts. It's a band out of Chicago, they, they were a YouTube sensation, and it became a full-fledged thing. Now they tour the world. That covers pop music as genre music, like from the 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever. That's interesting. Like, uh, if you go search YouTube for postmodern jukebox and the song Creep, uh, it's amazing. Haley Reinhardt, a former American Idol person, who I hope is here. I'm not sure. She's kind of blown up on her own right now because of what she's done with them. But just cool, cool music. I mean, Oops, I Did It Again. They cover that as a nice. like a like a nightclub torch song. Yeah, nice. It's pretty cool. cool. Nightclub what? Torch. Song. Torch. Yeah. Can you like describe a, it? Like a sexy, you know, female singer. 
Okay. Real slow, sexy thing going on. All right. Just go on YouTube. I'll have to look at it. Get up. on YouTube. But anyhow, yeah. Uh, and and I'm telling you, I've got a very special high five plan for it later. <laughs> huh? It's a. It's gonna be not your normal high five. It's gonna be a Valentine's Day high five. That's how we've been married this long. We're coming up on 30 years. This poor freaking woman. <laughs> That's it for the podcast, right? We're done now? That's it. Theme? I don't know. I don't know why she stays married to me. She can't dump me now. It'd look horrible to dump me now. It would. You got cancer. I would. Bye. I'm telling you what. You know, I mean, I can get away with anything right now. I could be the crappy husband. She can't dump me. I don't think it works like that. She dumps me. Oh, you dumped him with cancer. You're cruel. She's so stuck with me. <laughs> love you, honey. You don't listen to this. Someone tell her I love her. I don't do that. That's that's better. Power Cat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.